the Aggies belong in the top 10 of the USA Today coaches poll on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. The USA Today American Football Coaches Association coaches poll came out um, on Monday afternoon, and the results are interesting, to say the least. So the way this poll is produced they gathered together a panel of 66 football bowl subdivision FBS coaches from all levels, all conferences within the FBS. And these guys actually express some interest in taking part in this poll. So they're not forcing anybody who's not interested or doesn't want to be a part of it into taking part in this poll. And they each cast a vote. They cat they rank teams from one to twenty-five. A number one ranking gives a team 25 points. A number 25 ranking gives a team one point. They cobble all of those votes together, score the, add up all the votes, add up all the points, and then stack the teams from most points to least points, one to 25, and then additional teams who get votes also get noted as well. The results here are interesting. Um, I don't think there's any that are extremely out unexpected in terms of how the conglomerate voted. Um, but it is interesting to look at and it's important and it's something that we'll follow throughout the season as well. So we'll start at the top. We'll go through the top 10 here as we, as we just sort of go through this list and we'll sort of analyze some things from a couple of different perspectives. So number one, it should be pretty obvious at this point, it's Alabama. Alabama has 1,634 points. They got 54 out of the uh, 66 first place votes. So very clear, number one team far and away above the rest of the the nation. Um, Nick Saban called last year when they were the national runner-ups and had the Heisman Trophy winner a rebuilding year. Uh, So Alabama is the team everyone expects to be the best team in college football this year. Uh, Could be no surprise there. Number two, a little bit of a surprise to me, um, Ohio State is ranked number two, followed by Georgia. I I would probably flip those two just because Georgia's coming off a national title, returning a quarterback, all those sorts of things. Ohio State, I understand what they have in C.J. Stroud, the wide receivers, all those sorts of things. They're going to be a great football team. I would personally put Georgia above Ohio State. Maybe that's some SEC bias, but call it what it is. Next, we have Clemson at number four. Um, that's a little bit interesting to me. I've pointed this out on other ranking shows is that Clemson seems to be sort of the highest ranked team without a really, really high level quarterback that's um, that's there. I mean, we have Bryce Young, we have CJ Stroud, we have Stetson Bennett so far in our top three, and then we have Clemson and their quarterback situation. We know that quarterback matters a lot. We've talked about it in regards to A&M. We'll see how Clemson, and, and coming off of 
you know, the season Clemson had last year. Combine that with losing Brent Venables, who's been the defensive coordinator there and the and what has really been the the stalwart and the consistent factor at Clemson football for so long is the defense. They lose Brent Venables, goes to be the head coach of Oklahoma, and Clemson is the number four ranked team in the country. So we will see how that turns out. I personally think that's really the one that stands out in this top five as very clearly sort of maybe you could say overrated, especially when we go through the way the points lay out and how the tiers fall. It's it's interesting, to say the least. Notre Dame comes at number five. Michigan comes in at number six. With the years that those guys had, those teams had last year, the players they're bringing back, not all that surprising at number five and six. Then you have number seven, which is Texas A&M, the Aggies. And I think this feels about right for where A&M is. A&M feels like a team that has the roster and the talent at almost every other place on the roster to be a top three, top five, probably not top three, a top five level team in these rankings if they had high-level quarterback play. Maybe they get high-level quarterback play. And we've talked about on a prior episode what that upside is for A&M if they get that high-level quarterback play and that they could be one of those final four teams in the college football playoff, that they could be one of those teams that winds up playing for a national title or an SEC championship come December and January. Um, so I feel like seven feels about right for AM there. Um, we probably should be, we as AM fans need to be, con, need to consider the fact that while the upside does exist, for AM to wind up in the top three or four by the end of the year if they get high-level quarterback play. We also need to understand that the scenario exists where they don't get that high-level quarterback play, and they do wind up ranked in the mid-teens somewhere by the end of the year, where they're a good team, but they lose some games they probably should win. They win, they lose a game or two they probably should win. You know, they finish nine and three, or you know, heaven forbid, eight and four, and um, and they wind up in the mid-teens to low twenties, and that's sort of the end of the year. Um, but I think seven feels about right for the level of unknown that there is with A&M, mostly in regards to the play at the quarterback position. Number eight is Utah. Um, great season last year. Lose some talent to the NFL. Going to bring a lot of guys back. Eight feels like it fits for Utah. Nine, Oklahoma. Um, lots of question marks on the offensive side of the ball in terms of what they're going to be there. Um, Lincoln Riley leaves. Caleb Williams leaves. Spencer Rattler leaves. There's a lot of unknown there at Oklahoma, but we know Oklahoma is going to put offensive playmakers on the field. And Brent Venables, as I mentioned, the new head coach, he's going to put together a defense and scheme together a defense um, that's going to make plays and that's going to be difficult for teams to play against. Whether they're one of the best defenses in the nation or not, we'll find out. And it may be a few years before they get there just from a talent and recruiting perspective on the defensive side of the ball. but. They're going to put together a competitive team. Nine feels right. Best team in the Big 12, according to these rankings. All of that feels right. Number 10, another team in the Big 12, Baylor. Again, another team comes off a really great year in 2021, returns a lot of guys. They did lose several guys to the NFL and some high-level draft picks, but a lot of guys coming back, a lot of upside there with Baylor. That feels like it fits. 
we're going to talk a little bit about the tiers and the way all of that falls and the way it lays out for the coaches poll for 2022 in just a minute. But first, I need to tell you about, and I'm so excited to tell you about LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster. And for free. There's the largest world's, the world's largest, excuse me, professional network of over 810 million people on LinkedIn. First, create your job post, put it on your profile, add the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. So your network, the people who work for you, work with you and know you best can help you find the right people to hire. So important. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why LinkedIn is consistently rated by small businesses number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? It's unbelievable. I have found several jobs on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions may apply. Back to the 2022 preseason coaches poll. So we talked about how there are sort of tiers within this top 10. You know, one through 10 is a big <clears throat> scale. It's a big difference. We talked about Alabama at 1,634 points. They stand in a tier of their own. Then we also talked about how maybe Georgia and Ohio State might, should potentially be flip-flopped in their rankings. Those two teams are only 18 points apart. That means just a couple of votes different and, and puts Ohio State ahead of Georgia. In fact, Georgia got six of the remaining 12 first place votes. Ohio State only got five. We'll talk about who got the other one here in a minute. But like I said, Georgia got six of the 12. And Ohio State came out with 1,564 points to Georgia's 1,542. So 22 points different. May have misspoken earlier. 22 points. Math is hard difference between those two teams after an 80 point or 70 point gap between Alabama and Ohio State there's only 22 points separating Ohio State and Georgia then we have another almost 80 point or almost 90 point gap or excuse me even more than that math is really hard today excuse me so Georgia is at 1542 points Clemson is at 1356 points so they sit in their own tier, almost, excuse me, two, almost 200 points below Georgia. So it's very clear that, yes, Alabama sits above everyone else, but then Ohio State and Georgia sit well above the rest of the country in these rankings. And then the part that's interesting to me about Clemson is that the next team below Clemson, Notre Dame, only has 1,284 points. 
So they're only about 70 points or so. <coughs> Excuse me. So they are 70 points or so behind Clemson. So Clemson really exists in a tier of their own between Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and the rest of the country. And that's that's really the part that I don't grasp. I could see them being, you know, sort of very closely tied with the next tier of teams, which is Notre Dame at 1284, Michigan at 1232, and AM at 1219. If you put Clemson right there in that same tier, in that same right at 1,200 or so, 1,250 points right there in that tier, that makes some sense to me. But they're 100 points above that tier. That feels extreme to me. A&M right there, like I said, at the bottom end of that, I guess we could call it call it third or fourth tier, depending on where you want to talk, where you want it to sit. But A&M, 1,219 points. Then another step to Utah at 1134, Oklahoma at 1027. And then the last step is to Baylor at 891. So there's kind of these groups of three in the top 10, except for that Clemson that just sits right there in between Georgia and Notre Dame in this weird spot um, that just feels, it doesn't feel like Clemson should be that much better than those teams. A&M definitely feels like it belongs in that tier of that four through seven group. Like I said, a team that has the opportunity, the upside to climb and play at the level of those top three teams, but also has a downside scenario where they fall way further back. Last thing on this USA Today coaches poll, extremely interesting, and we have to talk about it considering where we are at. The only team besides Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia to get a first place vote to get a number one in the country ranking is the University of Texas. And yes, Quinn Ewers, probably going to be a phenomenal quarterback. Steve Sarkeesian doing some really awesome things on the recruiting trail for the 2023 class. Put a top five class together in 2022. But Texas is 18th ranked in these rankings with a first place vote that is worth 25 points. Texas has 383 points. Wake Forest, that got no first place votes at all, is 19th with 381. There's a major outlier in that voting. And I looked, Steve Sarkeesian is not one of the head coaches involved in this voting process. So it's not like Sark got on there and voted for himself. It's just interesting to me. Texas somehow gets a first place vote, winds up probably at least two or three spots higher than they probably should be based on 65 of the voting results. Probably puts them at 20 or 21 or so if they get the right vote on the the, the 66th. Instead, they wind up 18th because they got this random first place vote. Who knows who it was? Who knows what the logic behind it was for that coach? But it is what it is. Just an interesting nugget to point out regarding Texas and the 2022 USA Today coaches poll. We got some news and nuggets not related to the A&M position in the coaches poll that we're going to talk about here 
real quick as we get through this information camp recruiting several things going on we pointed out last week in one of our shows that Jimbo Fisher seemed to or that at practice observers relatively astute pointed out that it seemed like there was some shuffling going on within the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball and which coaches in particular were working with which positions. Um, we pointed out co-offensive coordinator Daryl Dickey was coaching the tight ends. Co-offensive coordinator James Coley was coaching wide receivers after having coached tight ends up until now. Um, and coach Damian Craig, who had been coaching wide receivers, was now coaching quarterbacks. So Coach Dickey went from quarterbacks to tight ends. Coach Coley went from wide or from tight ends to wide receivers. And Coach Craig went from wide receivers to quarterbacks. So we got on a merry-go-round and shifted around the offensive staff a little bit. Um, earlier this week, Jimbo Fisher was asked about the staff situation and, and those sorts of things and, and confirmed that they had made some changes to those responsibilities. Um, it's not... Um, it is definitely unusual for these sorts of changes to happen between spring ball and fall camp. You would expect for these sorts of changes to happen, you know, between the end of the season in November, especially for a team like A&M that didn't wind up playing a bowl game because of, uh, of a sick, of an illness outbreak on the team. Um, you would expect those changes to happen between, you know, November and March or April, whenever spring ball happens. Um, not between April and August, whenever fall, whenever the fall season kicks off and you're, you know, reinstalling all of your offense and evaluating the positions and all those sorts of things. That being said, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong that's going on. Um, they're just leaning on some different experiences. Coach Craig was a, uh, a very prolific quarterback at the University of Auburn in the 90s um, and played in the NFL for a few years. Coach Coley coached wide receivers at Georgia for a few years. And Coach Dickey has worked with tight ends. Uh, it's been a long time, but he worked with tight ends in the 90s with LSU for a while. So, And when you are at the level like Coach Dickey or Coach Coley are, where you've been an offensive coordinator or a co-offensive coordinator, you have an understanding of all of these positions, the intricacies, the responsibilities, all those sorts of things. So it, it's, it's not a big deal for these things to be happening. And, and Coach Craig, by the way, coached quarterbacks with Jimbo at Florida State um, in the mid-2000s, so or the mid-2010s, excuse me. So nothing here is is shocking. It's just a little bit unusual, the timing that it happened. It will definitely be something to keep an eye on, as there are really important developmental players at each one of these positions. Um, and the next step, once you start recruiting at an elite level, is to develop those players from elite prospects into elite players at the college level. We will see if these shakeups in the staff allow and, and facilitate that to happen more easily. A couple of other notes from camp, um, or really one major note, and that is um, Evan Stewart seems like the real deal. Elite speed, quickness, footwork, route running. He is showing up in practice. They put their pads on for the first time on Monday. He is showing up. He's making plays. He's going to be a very important part of this AM offense. We've talked about that before, but I just can't get over the idea of combining his speed 
his quickness, his big playability, both in the passing game and in the return game, with what Devin A. Chain brings that we talked about yesterday on the show. And this AM offense is on their way. And you combine that with Anaya Smith and what he's capable of, what these young tight ends are capable of, what um what Chris Marshall and these other wide receivers are capable of. We talked about Chase Lane yesterday. Um, we haven't even talked about Moose Muhammad or, or any of these other guys who who are there and capable within the AM offense. This Aggies offense is on its way to being extremely explosive. One, I don't know if it would be considered a, a less than ideal note as we shift towards a little bit of recruiting news. Um, Bravion Rogers, uh, the number 39 player in the 24-7 rankings, um, who isn't ranked inside our buddy John Garcia, who will be on the show again later this week, um, not ranked within John Garcia's top 99 over at Sports Illustrated. Um, he decommitted. He's a four-star cornerback who's been committed to AM for a long time. Um, took to Twitter late Monday night and announced that he was decommitting from the program. Um, it's unfortunate for AM as a program, but as we've talked about in this platform before, um, these players deserve the right and the opportunity to ma- make the choice that's ultimately best for them. Um, would it be ideal for a football program or something like that, or fan base or, or analysts or whatever, if these players waited to make a decision until they were absolutely sure or until they actually signed the papers? Sure. But these guys have the right. They have the, um, they have the privilege of being in this position that very few people will ever experience. And they have the right to take that journey however they choose to take it. Bravion Rogers has decommitted from AM. We wish Bravion the absolute best of luck as he moves forward with his recruitment. Um, we have, AM has shown through the recruitment of Johnny Bowens, which has continued since he decommitted from AM, that they don't take these things personally. They seem to understand it and view it the same way that I do, and that these guys deserve the opportunity to go through this process without feeling like without feeling pressure from outside people to make or stick to these types of decisions at such a young age. Um, I'm sure AM will stay in contact with him. I'm sure AM will continue to recruit him. Um, it's extremely unlikely he winds up recommitting to AM. We've talked about that before. We talked about it with John last week. Um, but good luck to Bravion um, in whatever school he chooses to go to, and, uh, and best of luck in his college career. Um, from an A&M standpoint in the recruiting class, A&M was ranked number 30 in the 24-7 class rankings prior to Bravion's decommitment. This decommitment drops them to number 46. Um, that doesn't look really good on the surface. We've talked about this a few times before, but the class at A&M is going to be small this year. It is small right now. In fact, they are the only school in the top 50 recruiting classes currently for 2023 with fewer than 12 commits in their class. They have nine. So they are three commits behind. I don't want to say behind. That's probably a a bad word for it, but they have three fewer commits than anybody else in the top 50. And they are ranked number 46. They are the only class outside of the top 25 classes 
with a five-star commit as part of their class. So it just shows the quantity versus quality conversation that we've talked about. There are several schools within within five or 10 places of A&M between say 46 and 30 or 35 that have one four-star or no four-stars and 15, 16, 17 three-star recruits. And it's just the pure volume that has pushed them that high up the rankings. That as A&M continues to add commits and build this class up to that 20 or 22 recruit level, it will be, I don't want to use the word easy, but because the work will be difficult, but it's not difficult to see a very clear path to A&M still, even after losing Bravion Rogers as a commitment, it's a very clear path that A&M has to winding up in that top eight to 10, even five, top five recruiting class point, depending on how some of these recruitments go. We know they're in a good place with several guys who will announce commitments over the next few weeks, all the way out to we've got a commitment date from Hakeem Williams, who's going to announce in late September, some other guys who are coming up even sooner than that. We will keep our eyes out on that. And we know some will wait until some point in the year and some will wait. David Hicks has said he's not committing until the All-America game um, in December, right before signing day. So plenty of time between now and signing day for things to change. Does the AM staff wish they were in a better place right now? Absolutely they do, but um, but they are where they are, and being where they are does not mean that they are in a bad spot or that they will be in a bad spot when December rolls around or when spring ball rolls around and some of these guys early enroll, et cetera. So thanks so much for joining me today. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can read my writing about all things Texas A&M over at aggieswire.usatoday.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. And please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And make sure you check us out on YouTube. That's YouTube channel Locked on Aggies as well. Be sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you get the notification every time we post a new video. And make sure you rate and review us on podcasts and leave comments, questions in the uh, in the comment section on YouTube as well. Thanks so much. That's Locked on Aggies.